Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Welcome back to the Christmas Around the World series. This series began with a post that you can find on the Storied Recipe website. It's titled Christmas Desserts Around the World, and it's crowdsourced by a little over 20 members of the Storied Recipe community. And they're sharing their favorite Christmas desserts um, from their own traditional heritage, and also, of course, their memories surrounding those. So as I received those, I really wanted to hear more uh, from a lot of these cultures, and I decided to expand on just a few of these, five of them, with a little mini-series about Christmas traditions around the world. That's what you're listening to right now. Uh, Today's episode is coming from Norway, but we are also featuring Palestine, Alicante, Spain, South Africa, and France in this series. So once you are done listening to Alexandra, I hope you tune in to the other four. Now about today's guest, Alexandra from Norway. She contributed a recipe for her mom's chocolate peppermint balls, which are sort of like a mint chocolate truffle or a very high-end, beautiful, homemade peppermint patty. And in today's episode, she's also sharing a recipe for the special rice pudding that not only Norwegians, but also many Scandinavians leave for St. Nicholas on Christmas Eve. Now, uh, Alexandra grew up in the oldest town of Norway. Well, not in it, near it. And today's episode is absolutely delightful. She shares ancient Christmas traditions that she got to observe as a child, and then she got to celebrate again um, with her children as a mother. The stories that she shares, and especially just the really beautiful and tender ways that uh, she shares them. They evoked in me, at least, a sense of magic and calm and wonder and all of those words that we associate with the Christmas season. Welcome to Alexandra. Welcome to you who are here listening. And here we go. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I think this is the only interview in the history of the storied recipe where we both got on early. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I've been uh, listening to all your podcasts and going back all the way to the beginning. Oh, I love love the one with you and your boys. That was that's my favorite one so far. (laughs) Oh, you know, I hear that actually a lot. And I was just thinking the other day, especially because my oldest is getting ready to graduate. I was thinking, I know we might need to do, you know, one, one last iteration of that. I think you should. That would be lovely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and uh, for your kind words. It means a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. So can we, can we just start by talking about this, um, this image of you in your, this, what's the name of this, this traditional oh, wear? It, Bunab. Say it one more time. Bunab. Bunab. Mm, Bunab. B-U-N-A-D. Bunab. Uh, Bunab. Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. you looked gorgeous. You were like a oh, Norwegian thanks. warrior <laughs> queen or something in that. <laughs> That's what the boys call me. <laughs> <laughs> do you own do you own that? Yes, that was a gift from my parents uh when I turned 21. Wow. And it comes with um of course the the dress and it also has a skirt underneath, it has mm-hmm. that blouse and then it comes with uh, a cape, a hat and a belt. 
and everything has to be made or grown in Norway. So if wow. you have to, if, for it to be an official bunad, it has to be done by someone who's certified and everything, the cotton, everything is from Norway. And then as wow. the, you know, as I had birthdays and special occasions and whatnot, my parents added to it. Um, the silver is fairly expensive. So you, you add that to the costume as you go. Uh, of course, it comes with shoes that has a silver belt buckle on it. And then the belt was a pretty big deal because it's all silver. And wow. then when my son was baptized, my father gave me the knife that goes with it. And then, of course, a symbolic key to the cupboard, which is actually oh, okay. a pewter key. Okay. And, um, of course, and the, there's the purse that you have hanging off of your um, your belt as well. And it has all silver and then it's embroidered, part of it's embroidered. So as the years went on, I, I you know, they gave me bits and pieces of it. So now I have the complete the complete thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more I don't I don't have. <laughs> it's just it's just gorgeous and it's very um you know I feel like I'm looking at a again a queen from a Tolkien novel or something <laughs> and I look at you. <laughs> and that and that gorgeous that gorgeous outfit and um you're talking about actually fashioning things out of silver um that you wear and all of a sudden it's easy to see how it was so real in his mind. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you see that in the Viking history as well. When you, you know, go to the museums and see the things that they've found, it's, they were very fashionable as far as jewelry and things like that. And so that, that just really cements you into your roots. And I, I love that. Well, yes. And I, I find it so interesting that a critical p- component is the knife. Can you speak yes. to that? I, I, you know, I can't directly, I would mm. assume that maybe it has to do with, um, Maybe you're you're slicing up some meats, or like the they do a lot of um, prosciutto type hams and things like that. Uh, potentially that, or maybe just symbolic. I'm not sure. Mm, mm, amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it really it really set the stage for I think our Christmas conversation. Um, right. I don't know why, but I feel like. Um, I mean, for me personally, Christmas is a very uh, religious holiday, you know, even though I don't believe there's any indication that Jesus Christ was born in the wintertime, for whatever reason, it's gotten tied to that. So I guess technically, (laughs) I believe that, you know, uh, modern day Palestine, Israel, Jerusalem was like the birthplace of Christmas. In my mind, I think the Nordic countries were the birthplace of Christmas, if that makes sense. Like when I think about Christmas, I think about um, the magic of the Nordic countries. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes, absolutely. And have have you read the, was it called the Chronicles of Santa Claus? No. Um, Oh, it's, it's a great book. And it talks about Santa Claus and how he came to be and and as a saint and, and it, it is all based in Europe, you know, in that area um, that you're talking about. Let's see what it's called. Oh, the autobiography of Santa Claus. The autobiography of Santa Claus. How um, is this like pretty recently written or was it an older? Uh, I think maybe within the last 10 years for sure. Okay. And is it, is it um, fictitious or is it actually arguing that like the whole concept of Santa Claus came from Norway? No, it's it's fictitious, but it it, oh. it uh, is is presented as a um, from an, a journalist's point of view who goes mm. and speaks with uh, Santa Claus, and he and he tells him exactly how he started and how he gathered all his helpers along the way. Mm. So it's in a mixture of uh, 
of history and lore and um yeah, it's, it's a great mm. book. I read it every Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's a uh, it's a Santa Claus origin story. Yes. <laughs> um, so where where in Norway did you grow up? So I was born in Oslo, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my um, we spent all our summers and all our time really in a, on a small island called Sjeme, which is in Vestfold, the southeastern mm. side of Norway. Mm. Um, that little island is also where the king and queen have their summer home. So oh, wow. There, yeah. So we were, it's a real, a fairly small community. And mm-hmm. then the closest big town is uh, called Tunsberg, which is mm-hmm. considered the oldest town in Norway. I oh, think it was wow. established in eight, 891 or something like that. Okay. So, so that's where we, that's the closest big town where we'd hang out. And then um, our summer house was on that island of Shema. So um, I, I moved to the States when I was seven, but we always, spent uh all summer long in norway on the island of shema mm, mm, mm. yeah so norway is absolutely a second home for you it is absolutely and i'm and as a matter of fact i'm going in another two weeks i'll be going for a trip to see my brother and family and his family and just spend a little time that's wonderful so your brother yeah. is back in norway he obviously came to the states with you because you were so young but he's back in norway now he is. Yes, he is a veterinary surgeon and lives there with his family. Wow. Um, he's got a daughter and um, and he's married to an American, but they've been in Norway now for over 10 years. So they're, they're mm. very happy there. And I'm glad that they're there. So we have a reason to go often. Mm, I'm happy for you, too. I'm happy for you, too. Yes. So when you think if you spent your summers there and you left when you were seven, are Christmases in Norway very murky in your mind, or do they have strong memories associated with them? I mean, seven's young. Seven's young, yes. And now I, I, it's I have some memories. And then my parents moved back for a time, and so we I had young children at the time, so we did go and spend Christmas with them. So it, oh. it, it, I have a little mix. I have some, you know some memories from when I was really young, and then some that were formed when the boys were young. Oh, um, so a little, yeah, a little mixture. Well, that's amazing that you've experienced it as a child and as a mother. Those are kind of like the bookends. I mean, I guess yes. you'll have to go back as a grandparent someday. <laughs> right. Yes. I hope so. <laughs> and experience Christmas as a grandparent there. Oh, right. so, so when you, I mean, again, like when I think about the magic of Christmas, it's, it's right there in Norway. Like it's magical to the extent that our Christmas here looks like what I would imagine a Norwegian Christmas or some, you know, Scandinavian or Nordic Christmas would look like. So, um, maybe don't burst my bubble. (laughs) Don't burst my bubble. What does it, what does it, paint paint a picture, paint a picture of Christmas in Norway. Just if you look out the window, if you go outside, um, what do you hear? What do you smell? Those, those types of things. Well, for me, it's always the snow that, Mm. that I remember and that I love so much. And I love walking outside when it's snowing Mm. and that, um, that's, that loud silence that you get when it's snowing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like that you just don't hear anything other than just that snow. And I, the, the, I just love that feeling. And I love mm. the smell of the fresh snow and of the earth when it, you know, especially when it first starts to snow and it's, it's wet and um, you can smell if you're walking along the streets, you know, Norwegians walk everywhere. And mm-hmm. if you're walking along the streets, you're probably smelling coffee, you're mm. smelling baked goods 
Um, there's, you know, bakeries on just about every corner and everybody buys a fresh loaf of bread every day. Um, mm. so those are the, the smells and sounds that come to my mind. And certainly, you know, from the inside perspective, just the, the, the warmth of the fireplace and, um, and of course the, the baking of, of pepper which is gingerbread cookies. Mm. Uh, and that's probably one of my favorite smells is, is that. So the, the, I, the, <laughs> yes, that smell is, I, I think gingerbread, it's gotta be, I mean, top three smells in the world, I think. <laughs> uh, yes, I agree. That and babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I guess as a young mother, you did get to experience both there. I did. <laughs> oh, that yeah. you want to talk about magical. <laughs> that yes, almost brings happy tears to my eyes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I can't oh. wait. I get to see my boys tomorrow. We're going to, no, Friday, we're driving to Tulsa to see them. And I'm just, I, I'm baking and creating things, you know, cooking for them that they can oh. take back to college with them. And it's just, you know, feeding your children. Oh my gosh. It's just the best feeling in the whole world. <laughs> yes. It, it's almost like, <laughs> I think it's almost like, um, that boils down to the one thing you can do. So you pour yes. everything into that. <laughs> yes. Agree. <laughs> well put. Oh my goodness. So, um, just following up on, on your beautiful picture, which you did, you painted a very magical picture for us. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, for not, sure. yeah, for not bursting my bubble. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> no, it got bigger and brighter and more lustrous as you oh, spoke. Fabulous. <laughs> um, so you spoke about the warmth in the home. And uh, I have a really good friend. I think I mentioned her to you who's Icelandic. And we went there in the summer and we were boiling hot every time oh, we were yeah. inside. And she explained, oh, yeah, Icelandic people do not like to be cold. We are used to being warm. <laughs> is that true in Norwegian homes? Do you keep, because it is such a cold climate, are you used to your homes being very, very warm? Um, I don't keep my house warm at all. As a matter of fact, everyone's always complaining. Like, if you go over to Alex and Patrick's house, bring a sweater because that's cold. Um, but my, <laughs> that's my parents. But my, yeah. But my parents keep their house really warm. And mm. most of the, like, the modern houses have heating in the floor. Instead mm -hmm. of like coming out of the vents. And so it kind of rises up. So sometimes yes. it feels a little stifling, you know? Yes. So I don't know. I, I, probably, I mean, I, I don't really remember it being too stuffy, but, um, mm. but she's probably right that now that I, if I think back on it, that, that it probably is fairly warm in the wintertime in most homes. Yes. It's very, it, very cozy. <laughs> Yes, it is. Kushli, as they say. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> right, right. Remember the big trend maybe like three years ago? The mm -hmm. um, I can't the pronounce. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you and, just and brought that, is, that back. <laughs> yep. And that is so Scandinavian. It's just like it. it he he is, is uh, in Kushli, as we say, Norwegian. Mm. It's very important culturally. Mm, mm, I see. I can imagine. And I'm sure it's that way when you step inside the bakery. There's just. Yes. Oh, yes. And my grandmother worked. So my Munmud in Norwegian, mm -hmm. um, that is mother's mother. So that's mm -hmm. what I called my mom's mom, Munmud. And she mm -hmm. worked at a bakery. She was a single mom uh, and she wow. worked at a bakery her entire life. That's where she 
um, retired from. And so bakeries, not only do they smell amazing, but it it brings back memories of my moon. I was very, very close to her. And I, in the summer times, I would stay with her all by myself for the first week of vacation. And she would take me to the bakery and I would get to to help and, you know, pretend I was a big kid and, and serve people bread and things like that. (laughs) But but they have so many, I mean, all these types of fresh breads and they have uh, rolls and pastries. And uh, Mm. one of my favorite ones is called school of Bola and Mm. school meaning school and Bola Mm -hmm. is just basically a, a bun. And it's, um, it's a gosh, almost a sour sourdough type of bread, oh, and then on uh-huh. top they put a, a custard mm. in, in the middle, and then they sprinkle um, coconut on top. And like oh. that's you know what kids on the way home from school they stop in at the bakery and they get a school of bola on their mm. way home. You know, so those are the amazing memories that I have of bakeries. In oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. Now. Um, I did an interview several years ago with a um, a chef from Norway, Chef Miko, I think is his name. He's pretty famous in the, um, at least where I live in the DC area. And uh, I interviewed him about Semla buns, which come out, you know, right in the Lenten season. And he yes. was very, yeah, he was very like, you know, these young people are extending the season. Uh, they're really supposed to just be eaten on a couple days and now it's a month and then it's getting longer. And in some places they have them out all year round and it was like sacrilegious for him. So oh, goodness. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> of course, it was also profitable for him. So he, he, was, sure. he, was, he was giving in. But I'm wondering, are there, um, now you gave these um, Norwegian um, peppermint balls, which we'll talk about in a minute. But in the bakery, are there treats that were specifically put out at Christmas time? Not that anything particular comes to mind for me. Mm. Although I'm sure, um, like the Kansakaka, you've probably heard of that, the almond ring cake, the one that stacks from oh. a wide ring all the way to the top. Have you ever seen those? Um, I think on one of the Christmas specials of the Great British Bake Off. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but it, it's uh, an amazing cake. It's made of almonds, just ground up almonds and uh, mm. powdered sugar and egg white. That's it. But oh. that, but that's a very special occasion cake. Mm-hmm. And so they sell them. Uh, I'm sure that at Christmas time they would sell those, and then at, at the 17th of May celebration. So mm. uh, I, that's the one thing that comes to my mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, now another question about these. Um, they're called school school bola. How do how do you say school, it? Yeah, school bola. School bola. Okay. Yeah. Now they have coconut on the top. The yes. peppermint balls that you gave me have coconut on the top, and yes. I am surprised by this. To me, coconut is a Caribbean or like equatorial food, but it, does it really feature prominently, or did it just happen to be in the two in the two that you um that we've talked about the two desserts that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, no, it, it it features prominently, and you know you have to remember um, the Vikings. They, uh, you know, they they sailed far and wide, you know, and they mm. were trading down in Istanbul and down in in uh, yeah past you know way past mm-hmm. the equator. So um, I don't I don't know if it come, goes back that far or not, but uh, mm. uh, that'd be interesting to find out. Really, to do some research on that and and see really when coconut was introduced to Norway, but. 
kind of like in Britain and England as well. Like curry is a big deal, you know, and you think, right. well, how, how did that end up there? And paprika is, is something that's in a lot of Norwegian foods. Um, bakalau, for example. Yes. Huh. It's big in Hungarian cooking as well. Yes, you're, you're right. Exactly. Yep. Very interesting. Okay. And now do you, do you, this is like off the topic of Christmas, but I'm just fascinated by it for a moment. Do you, um, is coconut milk and things like that? Are those common in dishes or is it really the flaked coconut that goes on top of things? That's the most common. I would say the flaked coconuts. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm not sure if I've even seen a Norwegian recipe. I can't come up with one off the top of my head that has coconut Mm. milk in it. Yeah. Mm, so it's really the flakes. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. And of course, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's very uh it's very processed and easily proliferated at this point. Right. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, talk to me about a little bit about your um, like we've talked about a little bit about the wider well, what it was like, I guess, in Norway. How about in your own home, your family's culture? So, first of all, what were you celebrating? Because I kind of think every family it's like we're all celebrating Christmas, but every family's celebrating something a little bit different. Like that means something very, very different to different families. What did Christmas mean to your family? What were you celebrating? We were definitely celebrating Christ. Mm. Um, my family, we went to church, um, you know, kind of on the on the basics. It was, you know, it mm-hmm. was uh, Easter. It was Christmas. It was the 17th of May. And then after that, it was funerals, weddings, and confirmations. Like that, that's when we mm-hmm. went to church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so church was a big part of our day. Everything mm-hmm. we did was around, uh, around going to church. And mm-hmm. we went to the Norwegian Siemens church, which, um, is a worldwide organization that is, um, that you find in, in port cities that supports the, the Norwegian sailors and crew oh. that come in from Norway, gives them a, a safe place, a uh, place to send their mail or, or wow. read the newspaper, or have a, a home cooked meal. Uh, they have a um, a church mother and a staff that you know that they make waffles and coffee every yes. day to make sure that anybody who comes in can can feel like they're in Norway and, and reconnect with their home country. So this is amazing. Yeah, I just I did a quick Google and there's one in New York, San Francisco, New Orleans, San Pedro, Miami, Houston, yeah. Montreal. I had no, I've never heard of this before. Yes, yes. So, wow. and, and they support obviously the community, the expats mm-hmm. as well, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and that, so that's where we went and that's where I was confirmed. My brothers were confirmed and, um, that's where we, uh, go for, to celebrate the constitution day, which is 17th of May. We have a big mm. parade and everybody in the neighborhood, you know, they're so used to us now every 17th of May, they look out their windows as we're marching and, and, and our <laughs> gunads and, and, and saying hip, hip, hurrah and waving our flags and being silly. <laughs> they're, they're in Texas. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sight to behold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun. Great. It's a great holiday. So, yeah. So, that's, we, great. that's where we always went to church. And, and so, Christmas was absolutely religious for us. And in, in mm. Norway, you celebrate on the 24th of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And uh, to explain that to my American friends, I always just said, well, it's the closest country to the North Pole. So Santa just comes first. So that's what, <laughs> that was my excuse. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I feel like my Catholic friends 
always, Christmas Eve was always bigger for my Catholic friends. I guess because if you think about the story, Christ comes in the middle of the night. Yeah, Christmas Eve was the big celebration religiously. And then Christmas Day, I guess, was maybe more about the presents um, for them. Yeah. And and um, when I was um, thinking about this, I, I actually Googled it to kind of see, you know, why do we mm-hmm. really celebrate the 24th? And uh, part of it, from what I saw, was that um, the Norwegians or the Scandinavians viewed time a bit different. So the next oh. day started when sunset on the today. So, oh. so they, they started the day, you know, when it became dark, when the, yeah. the your day ended. So um, in that sense, then they started celebrating on, I guess, early on the 24th. So That's why so, the presence? Yeah. yeah. That's just so interesting because you start the day with rest rather because yes. you go to bed at night rather than ending the day with rest. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well put. I'm going to be, what's that? <laughs> I said that was well put. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. I'm going to be like pondering that tonight. <laughs> There's a metaphor yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so interesting to me. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So um, how about Advent season leading up to, I mean, here it's so conveniently delineated by Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right. If you don't work in retail, yeah. <laughs> if you work in retail or you're a consumer, which all of us are, but was there an Advent season in Norway? And was that kind of like a beautiful and special time? Was it a stressful time? Were there specific traditions? What's that like? Um, I don't remember it being a stressful time at all. Mm. Um, uh, it, there is absolutely this is something that Americans bring to everything, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> So. Shame on us. <laughs> I know. Um, but um, there, uh, my mom always had a wreath on the table with four mm-hmm. Advent calendars every Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. we would commemorate that day and light mm-hmm. the next candle and, and, mm-hmm. and until the fourth candle was lit. So, and Norwegians um, really, uh, they're great at, at celebrating or acknowledging religious holidays. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of, a lot of recognition of, of, uh, of, the religion is in the forefront of that season mm-hmm. and, and they, ce- they celebrate Advent and then, and then they start celebrating Christmas. So it's not mm-hmm. until um, they call it which means um, the day before Christmas Eve. So it means like little Christmas Eve and on uh-huh. is when people decorate for Christmas. So they, they observe wow. Advent and then they decorate for Christmas. They put up their tree, they do all that. And then they celebrate. They don't take Christmas down until 12th night. So they celebrate mm. the full season in that way. Mm. Okay. So is this, you know, the 12 days of Christmas song, is this like, is this based on, is this yes. predicated on some, tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah. So it, it so the 12th night is um, the epiphany. So ah. um, yeah. So, so that traditionally Christmas is those 12, those 12 days, right? It's, it's, I don't, you know, it's commercialism that prompted it to be longer and at the oh, beginning okay. of December or from Thanksgiving to December. What you're celebrating really is Christmas Eve to Epiphany. And Epiphany is what? Huh. I wonder, side note, you would have no way of knowing this. I kind of wonder why like evangelicals or Protestants stripped away the Epiphany um, tradition. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that my, my mother-in-law celebrates it. She goes to church every 12th night which is really? a really beautiful service yeah it's all candlelit it's, it's you know right at sun sunset it's, it's quite beautiful mm. 
Yeah, because I mean, in the Christian tradition, it's actually quite important. It's the idea of like, you know, Jesus came for all people and these, you know, people came from far and wide to to see him. So that's really interesting that that's been kind of stripped away. And yeah, like it's been narrowed down to, it's like everything is Christmas day and then there's this like consumer season around it. Um, yes. Yeah, really interesting. Huh. And it makes me sad when people take down Christmas, you know, uh, New Year's Day. It's like, it's all gone. It's like, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> the season's still continuing. You know, there's more to learn and more to think about. Like you just yeah. alluded to. Well, yes. And I almost think maybe something again about the stress, like when it all ends on Christmas Day, it's like, yes. it's such a deadline. But when that season to celebrate and enjoy um, goes for 12 days, that would, I think that would like change the way that I looked at it, that I felt about it. And then instead you just like veg out in front of movies and eating cheese for right. a whole week <laughs> after Christmas, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the magic gives way to just slothfulness, you know? Right. <laughs> well, in our case, we'd be eating the rest of the herring because we'd spent so much time making it. We're like, okay, now we got to eat it. Oh. <laughs> you can't have any herring left. <laughs> okay. So yeah, tell me about the traditional Christmas dinner. What's the Christmas dinner like there? It is um, three different things usually. It mm-hmm. is, which is like a pork belly. So hmm. it's a pork roast with the fat on top and then you score the fat. So it turns into crackling at the end. So you've got the mm. juicy meat and then you got the crackling. Mm. And then you have pinnachet, which is a, a lamb. So some mm-hmm. people like to do that. And it's called pinnachet because it's um, actually you you cook it on birch sticks to give it a bit of a smoky flavor. And it is smoked oh. and salted. The pinnachet, the lamb is. It's lamb ribs and wow. it's salted and smoked in some uh, instances. And then you you soak it to remove the salt, and then you you cook it on these um, on these sticks, on these birch sticks. So that's another one. Like you course, mean you lay it on top? It's not like a kebab. Yes, yeah, you lay it on top, and you okay. cook it in the oven. So it it uh, it with a lid on top, like in a casserole. So it kind of just circulates all that the, the interesting aromatics of the birch, yeah, circulate around the meat. And wow. then of course lutefisk, which is just beyond understanding for me, but. There are lots of Norwegians who do like lutefisk. So those are the three, but we always did the, which is the pork. And, Wait, what's uh, the lutefisk? Lutefisk is uh, a, a preserved cod. Uh, oh. And it's salted. Yeah. Yes. And it's, yeah. It, it's just, it's um, kind of jelly-like. <laughs> yes. It's per, it's a preserved cod that's mm-hmm. uh, it's preserved in, in lye. Is that aged. edible? Uh, well, I think they you soak it, and you s- before you cook it, you soak it in milk usually. Oh, yeah. So, but they preserve it in 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 the in the lye, and then uh, they age it, and then you. I don't know how you cook it because again, I've eaten it, but I would never. <laughs> you stay as far away as possible. It. Yes. <laughs> well, this I I'm looking in Google, and the first thing that comes up, it's both a delicacy and a tradition among Scandinavian Americans who serve the chemical soaked gelatinous fish with a warm and friendly smile. <laughs> there you go. That's it right there. <laughs> so you you skipped that, and what did you have in place of that? We we had the idibe, which is the pork roast so okay. we had that and then my mom would make uh like almost like a sauerkraut out of red cabbage and apples oh. and vinegar and then oh, always delicious. boiled potatoes because oh. you know norwegians are famous for their potatoes right you can't oh, have a meal okay. without potatoes 
I did. Then, I did uh, not know that. I did not know uh, Norwegians were famous for their potatoes. Yeah, they just they, they have potatoes with everything. They're as like. important to you as to the Irish, huh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, so that would be our our meal, and then uh, my parents would serve that usually with um, beer and akavi, which is mm. the potato liquor. Oh, kind of like a, yeah, similar to a vodka type. Oh, and um, and they have the akavi. They have they make it with um, with different spices. Mm. So at Christmas, you're going to have a, a, a different set of spices that complement um, mm-hmm. the pork and the fattiness of the ribe. In the summertime, mm. they have lighter herbs that uh, complement fish and, you know, shellfish and seafood and mm. things like that. So you have different types of akavit, uh, depending on um, what, what you're having it with. And so it's in a little, you know, it's a little shot glass, basically. And the beer is, mm. to, is a kind of a, a chaser, but that's usually, um, that was usually our dinner. Mm. Mm. This, um, this liquor, the potato liquor, what's it called again? Akavit. Akavit. Okay. Is that, Akavit, yeah. okay. Was that traditionally home brewed? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's people who have home brewed it. It, it. We just, we always just bought it at the, we bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is like a liquor store. You, you can't get liquor in the grocery stores in Norway. It's just, you got to go to the state owned liquor store. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. And this would always be available. Like this is a very standard, um, purchase it is. for Norwegians. Yes, it is. Yes. And it's interesting. The one, um, the one that we as a family like the best is called Lina Akivit. Mm. And it, um, it's put in barrels mm-hmm. and put on ships that go across the equator and back. And then each bottle will tell you the name of the ship that it was on. And it has wow. something to do with the changes in temperature. And I guess the motion of the ship or whatnot that, um, that helps to age that particular. Wow. Akivit. That yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. Wow. And they just put it on ships that happen to be going somewhere anyhow. I'm, I'm sure, yes. They're just yeah. utilizing a, yeah, a ship that's a cargo ship. That is fascinating. I You almost wonder if it was one of those things that they used to make it. And then when they sent it out with sailors and it came back, they were like, whoa, this is better. You know, if it was right. an accidental. <laughs> yes, I would imagine so. <laughs> That's absolutely fascinating. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm just learning so much. This is so fascinating to me. Okay. Um, so it sounds like Advent was kind of like a very modest um, celebration, mainly, mainly a religious celebration. It didn't mean like yes. schools and shops and everything were decorated to the yep. hilt. That really started nope. right before Christmas, lasted for 12 days. Um, what about the consumerism that we so excel in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. here in the United States? Had that touched um, Norway? when you were growing up and then again, when you had your kids there or has it mainly remained separate from that? Um, I think it's mainly remained separate from that. I mean, of course, you know, you get presents and there's different, you know, different levels of that um, according to your background and Mm -hmm. social economic situations. But it, it, I, my memories of Norway and don't, don't include that. Mm -hmm. It's not at the same level. Uh, and, and a lot of Norwegians are maybe not minimalistic, but certainly mm-hmm. not as consumer driven as we are now. Yes. They're very brand driven. Right. Mm. And um, but I wouldn't say necessarily very, uh, you know, I've got to have mm-hmm. 
a lot of everything, but mm. I want to have the best of something. Mm. It's a quality over quantity. Yes. Mindset. Hmm. Yes. That's interesting. That's so yes. interesting. Hmm. Okay. Was the Santa character a big deal in Norway? The Santa Claus in Norway is called Nissa. And it, mm. it started with um, uh, folklore that there was a, a Nissa living in the barn of every farm. Mm-hmm. And and that's back when I guess everybody had a barn, right? Because it was <laughs> agricultural. <laughs> and 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 depending on how you treated the Nissa, it was dependent on uh, whether you had good fortune on your farm or you know you had misfortune and mischief. So oh, it was so everyone had their own little own little yes. guy. Yes. Oh. And that developed into uh, Julenissen, which is Santa Claus in Norwegian. So it was traditional that the um, the head of the house, the farmer, would bring gifts to the Nista during Christmas season. And if the Nista was happy, then that would be make a good year and he would behave. And if um, the Nista wasn't happy and the gift wasn't good enough, then then you would have a rough year and he would cause you mischief. So oh. it, it, it's that's more my understanding where where the Santa Claus comes from and you'll see in Scandinavian you know Christmas pictures you'll see these little gnomes or little nisses um, used in decorations and I I actually have a collection that I put out every year um, Uh, and that's where that stems from. This is so interesting to me one because I have seen the little gnomes like they're just somehow associated with Christmas decorations but um, it's secondly so interesting because it turns the story upside down on its head it's like it you give a present, so it will. It's more of the trick or treat, right? Like, yes. give me something, or I will cause yes. trouble. <laughs> yes, you're so right. So it's so interesting at some point um, to intimidate children. <laughs> Somebody right. switch that story upside down on its head. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably be a lot better off if it was. Uh, it was if that's yeah. that was the expectation that you give, not receive. Right. <laughs> Right, right. That's so interesting. Oh, you know what? I do have one yeah, thing. Yeah, it's please. part of S- Santa Claus. So, okay. um, it, rice porridge called Risingrit. So mm-hmm. you leave the Risingrit out for Santa Claus. So okay. it is a rice porridge that um, that you put a little bit of cinnamon and sugar on, and a little dollop of butter, mm-hmm. and uh, you leave that out, and that's what what Norwegian Santa Claus Julenissen likes to eat. So that's the treat that we put out. And um, oh. in our family, and it's a tradition, I think, in a lot of uh, families in Norway, you would have Risingret before you go to church so that okay. you had some, something to fill your, you know, fill you up until dinner was ready. And you'd put an almond in, in into oh. the Risingret. And then whoever gets the almond in their bowl gets an extra gift. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. That's so fun. That, yeah, so that's a, something that's a little different. Instead of cookies, we put out the porridge. To I love it. The, yeah, I, yeah, I love that detail, and I love the fun of searching for the almond um, rice porridge. I've actually never had that. Is it hot, cold? What's the hot. the textures? It's, hot. Yeah, it's hot, and it, it's just um, it's just rice and and milk and flour just just cooked down. Oh, a little bit of flour. Yeah. So, can you taste the individual kernels of rice? Or it really uh, becomes like I, a pudding pudding. It becomes like a pudding pudding. It's more like a, a rice, like a, a Cajun rice pudding. Mm. Yeah. Delicious. I kind of want to try that now too. 
It is. It's really good. I'll send mm. you my recipe. Please do. Yes. And it's probably yeah. sweet, but not too sweet. Probably not American sweet. No, no. And you can control how much, obviously, how much sugar and cinnamon you right. put on top. And we always poured a little bit of milk on there just to, mm. around the mm-hmm. edges, um, just to give it that little extra milk um, and to mm. cool it down a little bit. But yeah. Mm. Okay. So do you, did you feel like um, homemade gifts were kind of a thing that you would um, give or receive? And did you do this whole idea of like making a list for Santa and Santa was going to come or was it still the old school version of Santa that like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, had that, had that switch happened by the time um, you were growing up? So I, yeah. We did not write letters to Santa or anything mm. like that. And I had, I did that with my, my children, but mm. um, that's not something that we did. Um mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember doing that at all and not talking to my parents. I know my mom would make our um, most of our clothes. She would sew, which is, wow. you know, in Norway, that's very typical. Or she wow. knit our sweaters or whatever. So uh, mm. in that sense, we had we had homemade things. Mm. Um, and, and I don't remember, you know, big extravagant presents. I remember, mm. you know, having a wonderful evening, dressing up, always dressed up. I still oh. do. We always dress up for Christmas. On, um, in your... Um- and tell me the name of it again. The um the outfit that you showed me. Oh my bunod. Yes. Yes. Um well you don't necessarily wear your bunod at Christmas time. Oh, but just you your nicest clothes. Yes, your nicest clothes, oh, yes. Okay. So and, and and to today in Norway, it's still, you know, you dress up when you go out to eat, you oh. dress up. You know, you wear yeah. on this constitution day, you know, men are out in 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 their suits or with ties and mm-hmm. or their bunods and women are in bunods. So dressing up is a big deal. And that's really what I remember is, is Mm. feeling fancy. You know, my mom would make me long skirts and, and we would go and um, sing and dance around the Christmas tree. And of course, Santa would come and give everybody a gift and, Uh and then we'd go home and eat and and open some more gifts. But um, it wasn't really until later in life, you know, teenager here and growing up in Texas that I, that the presence became became such a big deal. Such a big you know? deal. Oh, yeah. When you sang and danced around the Christmas tree, was that a communal thing, or was it yes. each family did it? No, it's communal thing. You meet oh. at the, the local school or um, church or or whatever, and and everybody would get together and, like I said, sing and, and dance around the Christmas tree. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah good you, Yes, yes. Were they? Um, patriotic songs were they you know christmas hymns were they just silly songs what, what were you singing the christmas hymns they, they were religious in nature yes wow yeah wow what and, a- and norwegians decorate i don't know if if it's very common anymore in or necessarily i do it every year my mom does it everywhere um we put uh, norwegian flags on the christmas tree and oh, so really? the, yes and then we have um song books that we use when you're singing around the Christmas tree that actually you hang on the tree so you can get and it's got a, it's a Norwegian flag on the outside of it so you hang that on the tree mm-hmm. and then when it's time to go sing and dance around the tree you can get one down and and there are your words <laughs> to the songs oh, that you sing. Oh how clever. Yes, yes. Got it. So and okay. I still hang those on my tree oh. every year. Oh is your yeah. husband Norwegian as well? He is not. He is American. Okay. Okay. My mom calls him a, a her uh, 
her Norwegian cowboy because he, <laughs> he, try, he, he, he tries to speak and he's, you know, he loves the culture and uh, he really tries. <laughs> aww, aww. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like your kids have taken on, your boys have taken on some of the traditions? Oh, yes, they love it. They, they love Norway. They love being Norwegian and, and they have dual citizenship. So, oh, they, do they? they yeah. They do. Yes. So they really wow. love both aspects, both, both cultures. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's so cool. My um, oldest son loves to speak Norwegian to his college friends and, and, and they just <laughs> love to hear it and they cut up about it. And, um, wow. so he, he, he really enjoys that aspect of it. So he's, um, are, are your sons fluent as well? Um, they're, they're, um, they're not fluent, but they, they can speak. get by. They can get by. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. And you're of course yeah. fluent or. I am. Yes. Wow. Wow. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Tell me about these peppermint balls. Why did you pick this? Um, well, first of all, for people listening, if they haven't seen the recipe yet, just describe them for people. So they're a small round ball made of a, a peppermint dough rolled mm-hmm. in chocolate and then rolled in coconut flakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they and are heaven. They are. <laughs> they are like a homemade peppermint patty. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So really, um, I, I mean, just really, really delicious. And you can control your level of sweetness and I think the uh, or the level of mint and I think that the um chocolate is richer than a peppermint patty. Yes. Mm. Yes. They are so can, good. Yes, they are so good. And I prefer them chilled. Uh you don't have to chill them, but I, mm-hmm. I just prefer them chilled. Like I um and you can use different kinds of chocolate too. You know, sometimes we've done a, some darker chocolates um mm-hmm. just to change things up a bit, but um the semi sweet I think is the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. They are so delicious. They went first. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> and uh, why did you choose those? What do they, how do you um, remember them? How do, how are they intertwined with your Christmas memories? Well, they, uh, my mom only made them at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. didn't get them any other time of the year. Mm-hmm. And it was always such a fun game to, to sneak them <laughs> And out of the refrigerator and eat them before Christmas. And of course, uh, my, my mama knew that we were doing it and, uh, and she would make extra so that she could magically on Christmas Eve when it was time to open up the presents. Then we sat down for coffee and, and, and treats, you know, somehow, somehow that jar was full again. So <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know where did she hide them? I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> That's great. But she would hide them and uh and we would she would have some in the refrigerator that we you know that we would sneak quote unquote mm-hmm. and then uh and then magically they reappeared so mm-hmm. <laughs> she took good mm-hmm. care of us. <laughs> so for me it was it was just one of the joys of the Christmas season was that yeah. little game and that little interaction and yeah. and they're so messy to make and so as children yeah. you get to lick your fingers and you know yeah yeah there's there's more chocolate left in the bowl on the fingers on the parchment yes. paper on the spoon yes yes <laughs> so we definitely had that experience in my house when we made them i'm trying to remember who i think it was my 12 year old 
who did the chocolate. I know it wasn't me. There was chocolate everywhere when we made them and nobody minded. And honestly, the chocolate, none of it went to waste. I'll promise that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah, it was eaten one way or another. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, will you make those this year? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a must. And uh, now I'm really the only one that makes them my, because my mom is, you know, it's just her and my dad. And, um, and so I always make double batches and I take extra to my little brother so he can have some and extra Aww. for my parents. So they have some. And, and um, my mom, I always remember she always had them in a, a waterford crystal biscuit jar. And so now I have a waterford crystal bis- uh, biscuit jar and that's what I put them in. Um, and that's how you serve them from my perspective, because that's how I remember it. So I keep Aww. that alive. So I, I make them, I make them every year and uh, I make enough. So everybody gets to take some home and, and enjoy for the season. Well, they are delicious. They're very fun to make. Um, definitely something you can get kids involved in if you don't mind a little bit of smeary chocolate. Um, yep. Very easy to serve. Like they're just bite size. They're the perfect. They are actually the perfect Christmas treat, I think. Um, And I am surprised that they haven't um, taken off here in the U.S. more. I had never made them before or seen a recipe for them. No, I, from what I understand, it is a family recipe. It's not Uh, it's not a common. Not everybody in Norway has uh, serves them or anything like that. It is something very specific to my my mother's side of of the family. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. the secret's out now. <laughs> Everybody <Yeah>. can go. <laughs> <laughs> they are so good. I didn't want to deprive the world of these treats. <laughs> no, for sure not. For sure not. Um, well, I I mean, for me, this has been like, you know, you have in your mind how you want something to go. And when I conceived of this little um series of mini episodes, which of course now I've kept you on the phone for almost 50 minutes. Um this is like exactly what I was hoping for. I learned so much. I've just been sitting here smiling the whole time. I just felt like we were transported to your world and it was a beautiful world, which frankly is what I want to focus on this Christmas time because I have a lot of really heavy episodes this fall. Oh, <laughs> well, I am I'm very honored and, and thankful to that you wanted to hear and to listen about it. And I'm so excited about hearing other people's experiences about Christmas. And, and, and I appreciate that you're doing this and, and the thought behind it, because, um, you know, you just get tired of, of you Christmas do. being such a commercialized event. And then now we're you getting do. to connect through your podcast with, with others. And, and uh, that's what it's, that's what it's supposed to be. And so it I'm, is. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, it's a joy to do it. And you have, um, you have, <laughs> you really have made my wildest dreams for this podcast episode come true. So really, <laughs> really, <laughs> I enjoyed it so, so, so much. It's been a joy speaking with you really has been fun. Every single image you gave me, you gave me so many beautiful images, like just walking by the bakery, dancing around the Christmas tree, this little, um, porridge image all all of it is just um dressing up in your fancy clothes it's just wonderful i i have oh i've loved this so so much thank you thank you very very much i've enjoyed it myself and i just i can't wait to hear everybody else's story all right well have a great week you too okay bye-bye Thank you again to Alexandra. Thank you for listening. I do hope you'll take a peek at her recipes and the other recipes included in the Christmas desserts.
Storied Recipe website. Links to those are in the show notes. And of course, links to the other four Christmas Around the World episodes. Um, so there's five total, Norway, which we did today, Palestine, Spain, uh, South Africa, and France. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week, my friends.